Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I'm Nicole North and I'm your host. This season on At The Whiteboard, we're focusing on everything leadership, learning, and development. We have a ton of great guests ready to share their knowledge. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to At The Whiteboard. On today's podcast, we have Karen Elkin, and I have the pleasure of introducing you to her. Um, she has been my coach for the last little while and a longtime facilitator friend. So welcome, Karen. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me. It's absolutely our pleasure to get to hear from you. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and what you're working on in these wonderful pandemic days. Yeah, totally. That's that's like the magic question, right? <laughs> How are we doing? What are we doing to stay sane, to keep our businesses going? Um, so I am, as Nicole said, as you said, a leadership coach and a facilitator. Um, and mostly what I've been doing over the last little while is a lot of virtual training, uh, providing leadership development training to different clients, through virtual means, which is how, you know, most of our profession is operating right now. I'm also coaching one-on-one, as Nicole mentioned. Um, Nicole, you've been a wonderful client of mine. I have a couple of others on the go as well. And, uh, you know, that, that keeps me, that keeps me busy um, in terms of my coaching and leadership development practice. I love it. And so, you know, it's interesting. A couple of my friends, when I told them I had a coach, they were like, what, why do you need a coach? You know, you, you know how to do all these things. You have all this. And it was, uh, my time with you was so uh, wonderful because I really got to self-reflect. And, you know, when I was deep into a very challenging situation, um, Karen as a coach really allowed me to self-reflect and, Uh, think about why I was feeling the way I was, how I could respond better to situations, how I could have a plan of attack for future situations. And it was just absolutely incredible. It was such a, Hmm. such a powerful experience for me. So, um, you know, maybe for some people who don't really know what, what does a coach do for people? Like, what would you do for uh, an average working person or manager? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you were talking about the fact that people questioned why you as a leadership development expert and coach yourself would need a coach, and I'm reminded of the famous saying, you know, it's hard to see the frame when you're in the picture. Um, You know, coaches need coaches just like doctors need their own doctors, right? Um, So for anyone, whether it's, it's someone who is a coach or someone who's a rising leader or an existing manager or anyone really who is looking for ways to learn more about themselves, what makes them tick, what gets in their way, uh, so that they can make conscious choices about how to move forward towards what it is that they want to accomplish in their lives or situations that they need to resolve. And that's where coaching can really come in to provide, um, you know, an objective perspective to be a mirror back to the client and to help them find their insights and answers that sometimes it's really hard to find for ourselves when we're kind of lost in the situation and lost in our own ways of thinking. 
Yeah, it's so it's so wonderful because I, I often think about, you know, I have this amazing group of friends and they're so wonderful and so supportive. Um, but and, uh, you know, I would sometimes go to them and say, you know, I'm having this problem. And they would say, oh, that's stupid. Whatever that person said to you, awful. You're amazing. Um, and, you know, it's that lovely, supportive um friendship that is so welcome and so needed when you're having a bad day and I I, I also needed someone to tell me hard things mm-hmm. right or allow me to recognize hard things yeah or ask me questions that got there and I think that's you know so much what a coach can provide is this this completely objective perspective without feeling without emotion without affiliation to me as a person you know I felt that I felt that so much and it was so valuable Mm. what are some of the reasons that that people hire a coach like what are some of the issues and challenges that people are having yeah I mean if I think about my own client list I mean as you know one example you specifically wanted to work through you know a challenging situation you were in at work you wanted to improve a relationship Um, and allow you to be more successful on the job. So there was, in that case, it was very situationally based. Um, I may also have clients who, um, you know, have made a change in position and know that they need to adopt kind of different skills or behaviors. So two, two different examples, you know, I may have someone who's moving up in the management ranks And they know that they need to adopt more of a 20,000 foot view on what's going on in their department. They're no longer, you know, the frontline manager. They're no longer the expert in the work. They are now expected to lead. And that can be a challenging transition for people who are used to being, you know, rewarded um, for for their technical expertise. And now, now they have to let a lot of that go and empower their teams to be the technical experts and take on more of a leadership role. So that might be another transition. Um, I've had a client who was moving from a field role to a corporate role and all of a sudden had to learn a whole different language, how to speak, how to behave at meetings, how she needed to be perceived uh, around the executive table. Um, You know, she no longer had the autonomy of being out in the field and kind of owning her own days uh, in a very, very different way. Um, So changes in job can often trigger that, um, or it may be a desire to change jobs. Uh, Someone who knows that they're seeking a promotion um, and they want to build their leadership skills uh, in order to be ready uh, to apply for and successfully win uh, higher level positions or just a different position, uh, endless things. Um, I mean, really, you know, there are, there's a coach out there for everyone, you know, with, who brings a different level of expertise or niche or specialty. Um, and we like to say a coach can coach almost anyone, but we all have kind of our areas of experience and expertise uh, as well. Yeah. What would you say your 
specific area of expertise is? Yeah, I mean, I've never been able to successfully narrow down to like, here is my niche and here is my specialty, uh, yeah. which is something that we are encouraged to do over and over again uh, in our coach training and, and our professional development. Um, but I like to say that I work where the personal and the professional converge, you know, hmm. both in my training and my facilitation uh, you know, we are humans, we are people first before we are, you know, leaders or doctors or engineers or whatever our profession happens to be. And we bring that with us to work, whether we're aware of it or not. And I like to talk with people about who they are as people and how that translates into who they are in their workplace, who they are as leaders how everything, and when I say leaders, I just need to clarify, it's a lowercase l. Like everyone yeah. is a leader, right? I'm not talking about just because your business card says CEO. No, everyone is a leader in their own life. Everyone is a leader in their own world. We take on leadership roles all over the place, whether it's in our job description or not. So just wanted to clarify that. Um, but that's really a lot of what I talk about with people is, you know, who are you and how how do you make conscious choices about your own life and how to respond to situations that you're faced with? How do you manage stress? You know, how do you manage your triggers? Um, how do you become more aware of the patterns that you bring? And I know you and I had lots of conversations about that in our work yeah. together. Um, you know, I, I had a, one of my coach uh, in my coach training many, many years ago, uh, I remember them saying, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Ooh. Yeah, right? Like chills, right? It's, yeah. It's, uh, right? Or, you know, wherever you go, there you are, right? I mean, these statements, <laughs> you know, they're, they're so, they get used so often, but they're so powerful because they make you realize that I, I am who I am everywhere I go, but I also have a choice of who I want to be. And that's what, yeah. that's how I approach my coaching with people is, you know, who do you need to be in this situation? Who do you want to be, you know, with this manager that you're dealing with? Who do you want to be with your colleagues? Who do you want to be with your team? Um, and we all have the capacity to do that. It's, it's not about changing who you are, but it's about finding, um, really finding that resolve to make a choice about how to be in a situation that you will feel ultimately as good about later on as possible. I mean, you're like, I think I still have it as a post-it note here on my, on my desk, but you, you know, the quote that you gave me, uh, I believe that you said was from a coach of yours, mm -hmm. um, but you know, why do you keep going to the hardware store for milk? Yeah. Um, and I like it's, it's, you know, it's that value that a, a coach can add by just kind of saying a statement like that, mm -hmm. you know, and you go, oh, my goodness, I keep going to this same yeah. person to try and get this feeling out of them. And I'm just not getting it. And so yeah. it's just yeah. so, so powerful. And, and that also goes back to your question, the comment you made about, you know, coaches meeting coaches, because I got that statement from someone I was working with who saw that behavior in me. And she, <laughs> and she was like, she was like a tough love coach. She's like the kind of coach who says, I'll hold your hand and kick your ass at the same time. Right. I love it. And, um, 
you know, she pulled no punches. She was a, she was a former police chief, right? This was, <laughs> this was not someone who had trouble saying what was on her mind. <laughs> and when she said that to me, it kind of knocked me over. And so I'm now able to bring that to, to other people. I see those things in myself and I can help others see it in them. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's the best part about coaching for you? What's your favorite, favorite part? Oh, you know, when I think about the clients that I've had that just stay with me, it's, it's, it's when you make such a connection in the, in the moment. Um, and you walk away from a session and know, you know, for me, like the reward of coaching, right? Know that, that that was so impactful for that client, you know, whether it was such a tiny thing, like, you know, a a saying that I give them and they put it on a post-it note, like you said, or, you know, just a little thing that I throw out there that is life-changing for them. Um, And to really see someone have that aha moment, that insight, that epiphany, that new sense of who they are, that new sense of empowerment, um, self-knowledge, capability, confidence, whatever it is that comes out, it's very, very rewarding. And there's, there's nothing, you know, I like affirmation, right? So when I get those, you know, I get those little emails, oh my God, that was the, that was amazing. That thing you said that made such a huge difference for me. Um, and it's not that it's about me being so brilliant. It's, it's just that they were in this position to take, to take something that I said and make meaning of it for themselves and have it make a huge impact. And I, that I love. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I could live on that. I feel yeah. you. I feel you. It's, yeah. I, and again, we were talking, we were talking about this before we started recording about how similar our personalities are and yeah. uh, something my, my husband always teases me about is my ongoing need for affirmation and kudos, he calls yeah. them. Yeah. So like, he'll, he'll be watching me cook dinner and he, what was I doing the other day? I was cutting something and he goes, wow, impressive knife skills. And I said, oh, <laughs> really? Thank you. That's, that's so kind of you. And he's like, the way you were cutting was telling me that you were wanting me to notice them. (laughs) And I just laughed. I thought that was so funny. Um, Well, and it's so funny. And the fact that you're able to see that in yourself and say, yep, yep. No, I need affirmation. I like it and laugh at yourself. Right. That is so telling because then you know that there are places where you're going to get the milk you're looking for and places where, <laughs> where you're not, and it's okay to want it, you know? And I, I think that's the other piece about coaching and certainly something I've been exploring a lot for myself as a person. And then of course that will naturally translate into my coaching is self-compassion, you know, and being able to forgive ourselves for the things that we struggle with and, and, you know, acknowledge that sometimes being who we are is really hard. <laughs> and, and when we're able to, uh, as coaches, when we can instill a sense of self-compassion, I think in our clients, that helps them get through those tough times more as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I feel you, I, I had a, I had, I don't coach 
too, too often. It's not like a primary part of my business, but I do occasionally do it. And I had the most wonderful coaching client this year, kind of from the fall of this year to, it just ended a few weeks ago. And I honestly, I, I miss those coaching sessions so much because I, I absolutely have that same notion of, you know, that feeling of when they have an aha, that feeling of when they send an email and they say, oh my goodness, I was talking to someone and I, I reflected on how I did it and I changed and I did this. And it's just the most amazing feeling in the world. Like yeah. it is absolutely so thrilling. Yeah. Um, if if yeah. leaders, if I feel like if more leaders, and I'm talking about managers, supervisor yeah. leaders yeah. could understand the joy of that feeling, I feel like people would coach so much more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean they would coach their own people or they would yes. get coaching? Yeah. They would coach their own people more often. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's such an important skill for leaders. I mean, and there are elements of coaching that are ubiquitous across kind of from being a professional coach to using coaching tactics and techniques in your work as a leader or even as a parent or as a friend you know, without going into formal, you know, I'm now a professional coach, right? 100%. But the skills are so, I mean, I mean, I have to, I know I'm taking us a little off topic, but the most profound experiences I had while I was doing my coach training was seeing how much it changed my relationship with my five-year-old at the time. And I remember reflecting at, you know, one of the modules that if the only person I ever coached was my son, it would make the investment in the coach training program worthwhile. Because wow. it, it made the conversations that I was able to have with him because I applied some of the skills I was learning in my coach training was profound, just totally profound. And I, you know, I think as leaders, as leaders in our communities and our organizations in our homes, um, having the coaching skills can be life-changing for yourself and the people around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's your, what's your least favorite part about coaching? Well, we've had this conversation too before, Nicole. It's, it's, it's this idea of coaching as a business, right? I, I joke that, you know, um, years and years ago, I was filling out one of those email surveys. This was before Facebook, right? And you'd get these emails with all the questions, you know, do you eat the stems of broccoli and what's under your bed and that sort of thing. And one of the questions was, what's your dream job? And I sort of responded somewhat tongue in cheek that, you know, my dream job was, you know, sitting in a room and just having people come to, you know, share their problems with me and hear pearls of wisdom drop from my lips, right? And I I looked on that many, many years later, when I was doing my own career exploration, I thought, wow, that's, that's kind of what coaching is, although it's more about helping your clients find their own pearls of wisdom. But but there's, there's a connection there. And that's really, I would just love to just kind of be in situ somewhere and know that people could come to me for coaching and the idea of having to, um, you know, go out and constantly sell myself. um, You know, that is not my comfort zone. So it's great to have this venue to just chit chat about coaching in a, in a very genuine way. That's, that's really what I love to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever watch the show? Did you ever watch the show Billions? I 
I feel like I, I did, but I might be mixing it up with another show that I watched. Either way, you know, there's a, one of the characters is like a performance coach for a um, big stock market trading company um and she kind of she's like the in-house performance coach so people yeah. just go in and get coached all the time so yeah maybe that's your that's your dream job that is that is totally and those are very rare you know sort of internal coaching positions in organizations are very rare there there may be situations where you know someone has coaching you know as part of their job description and they can use it, you know, on the odd occasion where someone comes in and needs help. But I've heard of very, very few full-time internal coach um, positions in organizations. And, and so I'm, I've been, though. yeah, I, 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 there was actually a job that I was recruited to interview for many, many years ago. I, I had um, delivered a workshop for a, a large company and they called me after and they said, you know, you know, we have this position that really operates as sort of a, the care and feeding of people in their model. And it involves coaching people around their success. And, you know, you're not responsible for managing their work because it was kind of a matrix situation. You are, you have like a pod of people that you are, you are kind of the HR person, HR manager for them, as opposed to the work manager. I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. And I I had an initial conversation with the recruiter and then they got new leadership and they completely dismantled that structure. And they they married the two again. So really what they wanted were leaders, you know, who both managed the work and managed you know, kind of the, the people side of the work. And I was like, well, so much for that. Cause it was it. I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm not an it manager. So I was no longer qualified. Um, but it, it sounded so perfect. I was like, Oh, oh that's, wow. that's like that pearls of wisdom job right there. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, and I, poof, you think the, like investment, the investment of, yeah. you know, one staff that could coach people on a full-time basis that yeah. wasn't their direct manager, right? Because yeah. there's a very intimate and interesting and strange relationship you have with your direct manager that's, you 100%. know, it's, it's, it's friendly, it's fearful, it's, it's, it's so much. And yes, all managers should coach. And yeah, I could, I could only imagine what the ROI on having a full-time coach on board to have people to come to and say like, Hey, I'm having this challenge with my manager and I need to burst through it or I need to do yep. whatever. Yeah. Or, or I'm, you know, I'm having this sales challenge. I need to burst through it. Like help me recognize what's going on here. It could just be, it would pay for itself 10,000 times it, over. It would 100%. And, you know, I think the, the challenge for manager as coach right? Um, I 100% support any organization that wants to instill and maintain a coaching culture, right? Where leaders are taught to use coaching skills with their teams. I think that's so critical. Um, However, um, by definition, a manager is in a conflict of interest when they're coaching a team member. Maybe that's a strong way to put it, but they are ultimately, they are not neutral, Right. Yes. They, they also have to hold that person accountable for doing the work that they are assigning. 
and that they are themselves accountable to their own leader for their own boss, their own director, CEO, you know, what, how, whatever the line of reporting is. And so generally when someone is coaching their direct report, it does not have that same degree of um, the client's agenda as the only agenda in the conversation. Although we can teach managers how to focus more on what their team member is bringing to them and, and helping them figure out their own way of doing things. And there's so many great resources out there for managers, you know, who are looking for simple tips on how to do this for sure. And I'm, I'm happy to recommend those. Um, but it is not the same as someone who is genuinely neutral. And, you know, when I have a client come to me, I am all about their agenda. And in fact, if I find myself thinking about my agenda, then I'm not doing my job. Right? Then yeah. I have to be very self-aware. And you know this as a coach. We have to be so self-aware about what's happening in our heads while we're coaching. Because as soon as we're making it about us, it's no longer about the client. And I think for managers and, and leaders in organizations, that's much harder to do. Because they cannot fully separate themselves from their own accountabilities in the organization. I would love to do research on bringing in an individual coach, a full-time coach to an organization or a team or whatever, mm -hmm. and, and seeing what the ROI is on that. And then yeah. also simultaneously analyzing if you created a coaching culture mm -hmm. in an organization, because one of my things has, has always been, if, if you can teach people to coach up, down, and across, you create like a sandwich effect. Yes. Um, and, and this is what really allows transformation to happen, right? If your organization is looking to pivot, transform, completely change, um, adapt, be creative, be, be innovative, be ahead of the market, um, whatever it is that a company, you know, your company or your organization wants to do, if you create a coaching culture that goes up, down and across and people can have these amazing intimate conversations about performance and how to break through personal challenges and personality differences. I would love to analyze those two scenarios side mm -hmm. by side and mm. see yeah. the, 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 the ROI to the organization that hired an internal coach versus one that, that implemented a true and successful coaching culture. Oh, I think, I think both and is the answer here, frankly. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, having, having those competencies, having that, and that the investment of time into a coaching culture, because it's not just about, you know, sending managers off to a course to learn coaching skills. They also given permission to spend their time doing those things with their team members. And you and I have both heard from managers who say, I would love to do this, but I'm in meetings eight hours a day. When am I supposed to coach my team? I'd love to do that, right? So um, creating that coaching culture where it is a priority is, I would love to see more examples of organizations doing that. And I also think that giving people the opportunity to have that fully neutral one-on-one um, -on -one coaching with someone, you know, where they're not concerned about, um, you know, a conflict of interest. 
for example, um, would be great. So, you know, maybe an organization doesn't need to hire 50 full-time coaches, right? Although wouldn't that be great for for you and I and our fellow uh, coaching (laughs) colleagues out there? Um, Maybe they, maybe they need five and those coaches also become the, you know, the go-to for how to use those skills with, with team members for leaders or right. And, and they, they become kind of the mentors almost to, to those people who are working on building their coaching capacity. Let's go pitch it to somebody, Karen. Seriously. Let's take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's okay. So I'm going to skip around a little bit because I want to be mindful of time. Yeah. Um, What's one coaching tip that we could all use super quickly to coach Mm. others, our, our, our managers, our kids, our husbands. Okay. You share yours. And then if mine's different, I'll share mine as well. Yeah. I mean, I have so many little, I was thinking about this question before the session and I thought I had the one I was going to say, and now I feel like I'm going to go in a different direction. Um, It's like, (laughs) Oh, I know. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to have to share two. Okay. Sorry. Um, I'm not good at following directions. Okay. So the first one is just similar to what I said earlier, being aware of what you're thinking when you are coaching and are you getting stuck in your own head about how you think the conversation is going or should be going or what you personally want to see the outcome be? Because as soon as you're doing that, you're in your own agenda and you're no longer listening to the client or your employee or whoever it is that you're coaching. That, so that's is that true. Person. Is that true? Even, and I, I'm, I'm reflecting back on now my last coaching experience mm-hmm. and I was so like, I was so pumped about it. Uh, is that also true to not be um, so focused on like a positive outcome? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because that's that's your desire, right? We all want, listen, we as coaches, we're not, we're not doing this to feel crappy, right? We're, we're doing this because we believe in coaching and we want great outcomes for our clients, of course. Um, But there are times where people are going to leave a session feeling angry, feeling sad, um, feeling whatever they feel, um, if you have done your job as a coach, maybe that's just where they need to be. And, and so often I've finished sessions with clients and been like, Ugh, I, you know, I don't know if they got anything out of that. And, you know, and then you get together with them next time and you kind of say, hey, you know, how did you feel after our last session? And they say, you know, I had so many great insights and I've made all these decisions since then and I, I'm ready to move forward. Like, if we're only focused on a positive outcome or going in a particular direction during a session, then we are, we are, that's our agenda. It's not our client's agenda. And it's so interesting. I've taught coaching before and people have uh, thought of the concept and they've defined it as manipulative. And I, Mm. I I kind of always struggled to understand where they were coming at, but Mm -hmm. if I have an objective of coaching you to do something a certain way, and yeah. I am asking you questions and using coaching techniques for you to arrive at my predetermined result. Yes. Then that that is, I can see how that is perceived as manipulative. So that's a great one. So what yeah. was your second? What was your second? Yeah, the second one, yeah. which is so hard for me, 
uh, is silence. Um, you know, as an extrovert myself, um, and so sometimes it's harder for me to coach someone who is more introverted. I have to remind myself all the time to give them lots more space to reflect and come up with their own answer and to like literally duct tape my mouth, um, (laughs) and just give them that if we sit there in silence for a minute, usually my client will say something. Yeah. And we'll come I, I up with, with an the answer. same thing. That yeah. silence is deafening. Yeah. It is absolutely to me when I hear that silence, I might as well be standing like under like a, some enormous subwoofer. Cause yeah. all I hear is like, Grrr. yeah, exactly. Like exactly. But people process at different times. Um, you know, and I, I think it's being able to recognize the difference between productive silence and shutdown. I mean, if someone has shut down, right, yeah. because, you know, they're triggered or, you know, whatever has happened and they're, they're actually now, they're not in a, um, you know, they're in a triggered state. Right. And, and it's a tricky thing, right. Cause to be able to recognize that, especially when we're coaching people virtually, right. And we're not, we're not physically in the same space. We can't feel their energy the same way that we can in person. It, that can be harder. Right. But, and then it's okay as a coach or as a manager or whoever to say, Hey, our, what's, ha- you know, what's happening for you right now. That's okay. Right. Because they might say, I'm actually totally like shut down or I, I'm, I'm really upset or I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Right. Great. Or they might say, actually, I'm just really, really processing something. And, and then great. Then you can just sit back and relax. So it's okay to ask the question what's happening right now, if the silence goes on for a long time, but not to try and fill it or assume that you said something that offended them or assume that they're angry at you. Right. We all get taught as coaches not to make assumptions about what's happening for our client. Well, so it's, it's okay. one of my, I was going to say, my, you know, my, my coaching tip was going to be don't stack your questions. And, and it's, mm. the same, it's basically the same, right? Like yeah. we stack questions <laughs> when we hate that silence. So we ask yes. someone like a really provocative question, like yes. Karen, so tell me, tell me how that felt for you when you did blah, blah, blah. And you hear the silence and then you yeah. go, well, like, I mean, how do you think the other person felt? Or <laughs> I mean, like, how, how are yeah. you feeling right now about it? Right. And you try and stack all these questions on top that are easier to answer and, and right. the, you know especially when we're teaching this to leaders you know don't stack your questions because people answer the easiest question not the first question that you asked that was the hardest one that's right or they just get overwhelmed and and then if I was coaching a coach I would say well what's happening for you when you start stacking questions right yeah. and it's it we start doing that when we are feeling anxious um, and when we are making assumptions about what's happening on the other end, we are interpreting the silence through our own lens and our own objective rather than just trusting that the client is silent because they need to be silent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. And so yeah. my last question to you is, what is the future of coaching? Like where hmm. does, does coaching stay the same? Does it evolve? I mean, training has undergone such a 
yeah. wild, wild roller coaster ride in this last year. What do you think the future of coaching is? Well, you know, I mean, the industry is changing so much. And I've seen that, you know, as someone who, you know, has worked for different firms as a subcontractor, right? I mean, there's, uh, you know, the rise of organizations, and I'll, I'll name you know, Better Up Coaching is one, Ezra Coaching is another, um, Sounding Board Coaching. Like there's different organizations now that are specializing in virtual coaching. They have specialized platforms um, that allow you to coach people anywhere. Uh, it's very much a mindset of everybody is better with a coach, right? And let's make sure that coaching uh, I'm talking about corporate or organizational coaching now, um, that it's not just for senior executives anymore, which I think is fantastic, right? Um, absolutely, senior leaders benefit from coaching, but so does everybody in an organization, as you said. And so I think in terms of professional coaching, um, there's been a lot more recognition of the value of coaching available to people at all levels, at different price points, different types of packages that are moving away from just the very high end, um, you know, executive coaching that, that has existed and is still very beneficial. Um, I've seen a lot of movement more towards group coaching as well where one coach can work with a number of clients at the same time who are all seeking kind of the same type of um, outcomes or growth. And that creates um, economies of scale for the people coming, right? Because they're not paying, you know, for an hour and a half or an hour with a coach one-on-one. It's a lower price for them um, or for the company, who's sponsoring it, but it also helps to create a coaching culture because the people attending get to learn coaching skills by experiencing them together and learning how to coach each other and peer coach and listen. And and there's an experiential nature to it. So that's another trend I think that is on the rise and that I would, I would like to, to do more of and see more of as well. That's good. That's, it's something that I'm building into a lot of my training programs. So yeah. I know that I'm, so I'm hoping that'll be a chance for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, so, it's so powerful to be able to work with a group of people and all of a sudden they realize they're not alone. Oh yeah. You struggle with that too. Oh, okay. And it's not just the coach saying to them, yeah, no, you're not alone. <laughs> I hear this from a lot of people. Well, that's great, but it's also nice to hear it from your peers. Totally. So yes. where, where, where can people find you, Karen? Yeah, well, I have a website. Um, it's karenelkinleadership.com. Um, and my, you can, there's multiple buttons on the website to connect with me, but you can also uh, just send me an email. I'm at karen.elkin at simpatico.ca. Pretty simple. And I'd love to hear from, from anyone who wants to explore what coaching can do for them or their organization. I love it. And, and Karen is also an associate of whiteboard and will probably be up on our website very, very soon Yay. as I, as I finish it up. So um, that's also awesome. But Karen, we love you. I love oh. you. You've been such a, a shining light uh, for me this year. And I, I'm so appreciative of the work that you do. So, um, and we could probably talk coaching for about 7,000 hours. I think so. so. I, and the feeling is mutual, Nicole. I mean, <laughs> you know, every time we sat down for a coaching session, I didn't want it to end, which, you know, 
that goes against, you know, coaches are supposed to respect their client's time. I'm like, I don't want to respect her time. I just want to keep her on the phone for three more hours. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, Well, thank you, Karen. I'm, uh, I'm so pleased to have you here today. And uh, I I know our listeners are going to love this chat because it was a great one. Thank you. Loved it. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for joining us at At The Whiteboard. We've had an amazing time with you here today. If you want to keep up to date with everything that At The Whiteboard podcast is doing, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Whiteboard Consult or on our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca. Talk soon.